This is episode 40 of The Chick in Charge with CEO of All-in-One Security, Mary Parker. Mary's guest today is life coach and counselor Chantal Cohen, specializing in self-improvement and career advancement. After earning her master's at Columbia in New York City, Ms. Cohen honed her skills at St. Luke's Hospital, working with at-risk young adults. Her work evolved into an executive communications coach and facilitator, leading her to form CWC Coaching and Therapy in Atlanta. Her breakthroughs with couples in distress and people with anxiety could be considered groundbreaking. Welcome to the Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Good morning. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, it Mary. How are you? It seems that it's been forever. It's been two weeks. Wow, it's so good to see you. <laughs> so good to see you. And you too, and your hair looks so cute. Woohoo! Thank you. Thank I know, you. I love it. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> this is Mary Parker, CEO of All-in-One Security and your host of the Chick in Charge podcast. Port is great to see you today as well. Good morning, Port. Yes, and as, as Sarah indicated, it's been two weeks since we've been on, and we are excited, ready to go, and we're going to start our interviews today with Chantel Cohen. Woo. Chantel, I'm going to let you tell the audience who you are because, let me warn you, she's got lots of information for you today, so you may want to take out your pen and your paper and get ready. Chantel? Hi, everyone, and thank you so much, Mary, for having me on the show, and Sarah. Pleasure. It's good to see you again. And you too. And Port, nice to meet you. Well, I'll tell you what I do is I am a coach and a therapist, and I take a holistic approach to my clients. I look at three different areas. I look at their relationship, their business, and their relationship to self. And so, what does that mean? Relationship to self? Yes. Because I don't know if I have one. <laughs> <laughs> your relationship to self is about how you present yourself, how right. you show up in a room. But also, I want you to think about what you want for yourself as a business ah. person, what you want for yourself out of um, your goals, your aspirations, the things that you that make up a good life in terms right. of happiness. Right. So relationship to self, it kind of starts there, yep. and then it kind of moves out. So think about if you have a good foundation, your self-esteem is great, the way that you uh, set your goals and you have aspirations, and then you start looking at what kind of partner do I want? Right. Uh, what kind of life do I want to make with that person? Is and, and then what's great about that is you can start to make some decisions around who you spend your time with because you absolutely know yourself through and through. And then that also gets into your career. Right. Who am I? What can what do I have to offer the world? Um, how am I going to use this gift that I have to make the world a better place? It, it's a very exciting place to start. When you start with yourself, everything kind of, it's almost like a ripple effect. Yeah. 
So uh, hopefully I explained that correctly. Yeah. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Um, And then I'll be quiet. Um, When you ask people about their relationship to self. Yes. Do they respond really quickly? Do they know what what you mean? Like, or do they have a reaction kind of like what, what I had? What do you mean, you know? Yeah, relationship to self, I mean, if you want to boil it down to its essence, it's really, again, self-love, happiness, um, self-esteem. But oftentimes people don't know what they want. They don't know what to expect from themselves. And oftentimes people are living in a state of their past is who they are now. And that can be pretty... Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, it could be pretty damaging. So people start showing up in a way that maybe, so think about it this way. You know how somebody who has anxiety, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, my anxiety. And they start to define themselves by that thing. Or, so for example, I have a client who had a really turbulent childhood filled with neglect. And he is in the nonprofit business and he's got this great nonprofit. And because of confidentiality, can't really say who that person is. Of course. But he's got a dynamic business where he helps folks like himself who grew up in an underprivileged background. But believe it or not, he's dynamic in his career, but in his personal life, it is it's not great because he still sees himself as that outsider. Ah. He still sees himself as that kid who wasn't worthy of love, who was neglected. And so all of our work is around that attachment, looking at what happened to him early on and saying how his story is completely different. He's rewritten the story, but is still living in the past. And do you know, Chantel, that is, that is so common and as I listen to you, I, I, I'm thinking of a lot of business people, and especially mm. business women that I talk with, and that word, the past, is really a very haunting yeah. place to be. And, and a lot of people find comfortability there as well. So when you're coaching and advising your, uh, your clients, what is, you know, how, where do you start when you tell them, you know, let the past be the past. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. That's what we've been taught. So kind of address that for me in, in terms of dealing with one's past in its present. When we're looking at the past, I always want to look at it in terms of what served them in the past and what didn't serve them. Because certain things that we did in the past helped us to get to the present. Framed us. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. And I don't want to toss those things out. Of course not. I want to use that as a launching pad. And then we start looking at, well, what hasn't worked? What would you like to be different in your life? What happens if you keep looking at life from this frame? So I I use the past is important. I mean, I'm not saying that it's one of those things that we totally toss out. Uh, Oftentimes, those mistakes, and you know about this, Mary, that as an entrepreneur, the things that the big mistakes that we've had have often led to big breakthroughs. Big breakthroughs and great lessons learned. Absolutely. I, I like to share with, with some of my clients when I'm you know, mentoring is we sometimes we spend too much time focusing on the things that didn't work. And I believe that happens often because people don't have an end. 
an expected end in mind. You mentioned that when you talked about your goals. So let's talk a little bit about the importance of goal setting because we can look back, we know mm. where we've been. We look at where we are today, we know where we are. But it's those goals, I believe, that really drive us into propelling what our future is really going to look more like. Talk about that. Well, just kind of segueing from what we were talking about, using those gifts, those lessons learned, and starting to project out to the future, then you start looking at goals. What, what do you want to have happen? And I always like to sort of begin, Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. Yes. And where do you want to be? And one thing that all successful entrepreneurs do, and I'm sure you do this as well, Mary, is we have our goals. And we have them up somewhere and we're reviewing them every single day. Yes, and if, if you, as long as we keep those goals in front of us, we know exactly what it is we're working on. So uh, I want to move the conversation just a little bit more because you are a dynamic, dynamic woman, and you do so many things, Chantel. And so um, when you, what is an idea client for you? And, and when you discover that idea client, what are some of the things you want to accomplish together? My ideal client is someone who, I mean, I can tell you about them personally. They're usually between the ages of 25 and 45. They're typically professionals. Um, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, but as well as a lot of docs, lawyers, um, people who are in the IT business. And those folks are typically people who had a lot of success in college, uh, they had a lot of success coming out of the gate, and then life gets somehow overwhelming. Wow. That the strategies they used before are no longer working. Interesting. And they feel like some part of their lives is, isn't working. Right. And that could be their relationship. It could be that they feel overwhelmed at work and they're not sure how to get ahead at work. Or it could be personally their self-esteem is taking a hit because before they were they felt like a rock star and now they're feeling like am I even keeping up right Chantel do you see that or do you find that presence uh, more so when people are transitioning from corporate to perhaps starting their own business or is it more prevalent with students leaving college entering into the real world the real workforce and I want to share an example of an observation I made with a young lady who was the uh, basketball star of her high school and college. And I can relate to what you're saying specifically with that particular case. It typically, yes, to answer your question, yes. It's usually when people make a transition. Right. So they transition into uh, a new relationship or they move to a different city they get a new job they suddenly get a big project handed to them they necessarily didn't change titles or but but suddenly they've been given something that is they're trying to prove themselves um, sometimes people have had anxiety or depression that suddenly became unmanaged because of their new role, their new relationship, their new status as a mother, their new status as a business owner. Now everything is on me. 
how am I going to live up to all those expectations? And so now they're in their heads. And so what I do in particular is I start getting pretty granular about what are they saying to themselves in those moments when anxiety gets high or, and, and then what do they do as a result? So some people, they just stop. They don't do anything. Right. And suddenly everything piles up. Yeah, and how do you advise them to handle those situations during that time frame? First, I, I want to make sure that their thoughts and actions are in alignment. I go back to the things that they did that were successful, but then we start tweaking those, and we start looking at their time management. How much time are they spending in urgent and important, which are those emails which really don't move your life forward they just keep it as it is right but we're we're constantly inundated with those things and if we spend all of our time there suddenly we don't spend as much time in creativity in growth in planning or risk taking yeah yep, that's so it. i, I want to role play that, here just for a moment yeah i live alone i run a company i have a full team plus i do a lot of other extra things when I get home, there's no one to talk with, no pillow talk. I don't have anyone to download. So I will start going through the day, what happened today. I will look at, you know, if there were any, if it was anything that took me over the edge. And I'll ask myself the question, why did I respond that way? And I began self-talking. And I'm really, really hard on myself. So as we, have, as we have the listening audience out here, I'm going to share that. I want to hear your response to me as well as what some of them may have questions like this as well. But one of the things I'll say to myself was, oh, you just should have walked away. And then I'll say, no, if I would have walked away, then we would have not accomplished this. Or I'll say, you know, I, I'm sure I probably hurt someone's feelings. I should really call and give them an apology. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I'll convince myself when I feel that I, if I need to apologize or if I need to call my therapist or whatever it is. Um, but I don't always know how to handle that situation in the now. In the now. So you're saying that, let me make sure I understand. So you've got a situation where maybe you've said something to... I'm feeling badly. Yes. I'm feeling badly about the way I responded or I didn't get the results I was look, looking for. I'm asking myself questions. Was I clear? Did they understand? Did I understand what I was conveying to them? So how, how would you help a person like me? I'm an overachiever. So again, I would go back to what did you want to accomplish? What message did you want to leave them with? What action items did you want to leave them with? And were they able to hear you in that? And could you have said it a different way and gotten the same result? Yeah, probably, but I don't hear those questions when I'm talking to myself. Well, you, you asked... I'm, I'm my captivated audience. <laughs> yes, so when you're... But you're asking me, it sounds like, and I want to make sure I understand, because I may have misinterpreted it, but I think the question was, how do I address that in real time and then I would say if you're past that and it's say you've um, you've gotten home and you're decompressing and you're saying to yourself um, I, would, I would go through those same questions could I have said it a different way if 
if and achieve the same result. And remember that tone is 33% of communication. So maybe you needed to say it exactly the way that you said it, but maybe your tone needed to change. So I want you to think about it in terms of did I, you know, did I convey the message I wanted to convey? Could I have conveyed it a different way? If you say no to yourself, then you're exactly where you should be. If you think, well, no, and I didn't get the result that I wanted, then that's when you start going back through. And it's always self-examination and uh, that's giving a big yourself word in this conversation. Right, is self-examination and to be able to admit once you've examined yourself, because we'll keep asking those questions and we'll keep avoiding it, right, audience? We'll keep doing that until we're satisfied, <laughs> until we're satisfied. This is great information, and, you know, I want to cover one thing. You know, there's a stigma in our community, per se, uh, the African-American community, and in many other communities as well. If I'm seeing a therapist, something's wrong with me. I've got to be crazy. I'm out of control. What would you say to uh, someone who's thinking like that or a community that's striving to become more healthy from an emotional perspective? Well, I would say that prevention is always a good key to get ahead of something. Um, you know, some people learn through pain and others learn through experiences and sometimes people try to get ahead of things and I always encourage people to get ahead of it not to always make pain be the lesson and so when we're looking at our own well-being um, our relationship our career careers are not you know they just don't happen they're designed and so by uh, being proactive with your career, you're getting ahead of it. Right. The same is true of mental health wow. and emotional okay. well-being. Yep. Great answer. So great, interesting. Great, great answer. And so, um, Chantel, as you're looking for these clients or as people yes. are being referred to you, what does improvement look like? Because I know that I when we that. come in, love that question. you want, uh, we, are, we are in different places. Mm -hmm. So you already know what, after speaking with your clients, what you're looking for at the end. What are the results? You want to move them from point A to point D, mm -hmm. as an example. Let's talk about improvement. So I'll tell you that I'm never emotionally invested in the outcome until my client tells me what they want that outcome to be interesting then I get emotionally invested because it starts with their commitment I'm only as good as my clients the information that they give me so when they tell me that they have a particular goal I want to make sure that I ask them what does success look like and they'll tell me but I also say what will you be doing that's different what will your life look like? What kinds of things will you be thinking to yourself? What kinds of action will you be taking that you're not currently taking? So that we start looking at them holistically and not just, I mean, and not to be woo-woo about it, but not just feeling good. But you want, I want to make sure that what my clients get in the office translates directly to their lives outside of the office. They're not meant to see me forever. 
They're meant to come in and get what they need. So I get really granular about what success looks like to them, what do they want to see happen, and then we start using scales. What are you currently doing? So you say that uh, you want to increase your happiness. I'm just kind of making this up. And, and so when you're happy, what do you do? What kinds of activities are you engaged in? Well, you know, I'm volunteering more. I'm, you know, I'm spending more time with my family. Okay, well, how much time are you currently spending with your family? We start scaling that. And so then we start, well, obviously you want to, you're, you're saying you're only spending half an hour a week and you want to increase that to at least two to three hours a week. How do we do that? So we start making a plan around spending more time with, and I'm going to say her family, because oftentimes as women, we're pulled in so many different directions. Hello. And so that's <laughs> always one of those um, goals that women come in with, especially my business owners. I don't spend enough time with my family. I'm really worried. I missed a school recital. How do I start making sure yeah. that I'm available? And so we start looking at their morning routine and what they're doing mm. so that they can get more hours in the morning and it doesn't impact the family that they're getting more done and we know that uh all great entrepreneurs they typically start their days around 5 30. <laughs> true I that think, true i think that, that she's a, i think she's like maybe a 445. are you 445? It, it depends on the day this one i was a 5 30 5 45 this morning i was 5 45 this Mary. morning yeah i was <laughs> late for you. Was. but you she know the, the snooze thing button. with me I get up in the morning, I start my day with meditation, with prayer, ah. you know, and then I begin to look at what are the most important things that I have to do today, because I know there are going to be additional assignments, so I try and allot time for that. But a lot of what you're talking about and gaining control of ourselves and understanding mm -hmm. our destiny, where we're trying to go, what it is we want to do, and what are we really working with. So that's why we have this show. The Chick in Charge podcast, because so we're important. sharing, we're sharing many ideas with other people, with women and, and our listeners in general. And um, uh, so we're, we're very focused in that area. It's really a posture. It's mm -hmm. not just an attitude, but it's a posture. It's a I commitment. What is it that we are going to do? We can procrastinate and have all these things on our to-do list, but if we don't get it done, that's not the sign of chick in charge. The chick in charge knows about time management. She knows about relationships of which we've only skirted around just a little bit. And I'd be interested to know some of your findings as it relates to personal, intimate relationships uh, and the impact that has, especially on women and women in business, even more specifically. Well, that's a that's a big topic, and yeah. so I, I will tell you that um, I, I do see quite a few men, but it's it's skewed towards women. My practice and the relationships is really tough because I think that women are there's this push and pull. You know, we there's so many things that we're doing, and we have so many hats that we wear that that overwhelm is felt by a lot of women and oftentimes they neglect themselves. And so 
my clients, they come in and they're like, I'm putting so much into this relationship. And, and so I, I kind of get them back to center and have them do everything that you're talking about. Same thing I did exactly this morning, 5.45 by 6 o'clock, I was meditating and the same thing. So getting them aligned. And then in terms of relationship, I'll tell you there are certain hallmarks of great relationships. So um, I don't know if I can say this Go ahead. show, but um, you know the average American couple is having sex a little more than 1.1.2. I don't know if that means some extra <laughs> extra little things in there that I can't yeah, say on the podcast. Absolutely, but, but that is so important. So what happens? This is, I think, some of the best training that I've had by a woman named Emily Nagoski, and she really helped me sort of frame things for my clients. So the first thing to go is sex. And women start feeling guilty um, or they're uh, feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm neglecting my, my husband, my mate, my partner. And because people feel overwhelmed. Right. That's one of the things that people talk about. We're not having enough sex. And w- what we know is that when people go below once a week, they start to feel it in the relationship. Gotcha. They feel disconnected. They feel less uh, intimacy. And so what I want the audience to know is that they can, and I know this sounds strange, no. but think about intimacy in two ways, spontaneous and responsive. Spontaneous is what Harry and Megan have. They look at each other <laughs> and it's on. And we all felt that, right? right? It's like we look across the room, we're running home and, and it's there. And that's kind of spontaneous desire. And what people get in long-term relationships that is just as exciting is responsive desire responsive desire so that means and Emily had this great sort of analogy imagine that you've got your best girlfriend and you want to go to a party her party it's for her birthday but you're too tired you're tired and you're like I'm in I have my sweatpants on all I want to do is is binge watch something I don't want to go this party right but you know you and your partner say oh we gotta go she's your best friend come on get ready You get ready the whole time. You're complaining. I wish I could think of a reason why I can't go. You'll walk into the party, and your friend lights up. And she said, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy you're here. This wouldn't have been a party without you. And you have a glass of champagne. You're having a great time. You see all your old friends. And when you're walking out with your mate, you're like, I can't even believe that I didn't want to come to this, go to this party. It's, I, I can't believe, I feel guilty. It's the same thing. Go to the party, because when you go to the party with your partner, <laughs> you're going to have a good time. So it's okay. I love that. It's yeah. okay to say, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to the party. I'm tired. I don't want to <laughs> go to the party. But once you go, you have a good time. So don't, don't beat yourself up if you're not having spontaneous desire because responsive desire is what all good 
long-term couples have. They make sex a priority. They schedule it. They don't worry if they don't feel like it. They do it anyway because when they're at the party, they're having a great time. Oh, my goodness. Love this that. is excellent, excellent advice. Mm -hmm. So... Just one final question. This question no, is no, no. for the single women yes. or single people, yes. um, on dating people. How do we offset not having sex weekly, once a week, or one and a half times a week? <laughs> I exercise. Does that work? Does it count for anything? Well, it, it, it does in terms of happiness. You're absolutely boosting your happiness quotient. And um, I would say that exercising and having self-love is just as good as having a wonderful partner that you're having sex with 1.5 times a week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, good, I'm good, Chantel, but I don't know about that. I know. I, I think Mary's so pretty, and she's, she's got beautiful. a great figure that, you know, the dudes, the dudes are out there, Mary, for you. We're going to talk about that offline. There Sarah. we go. <laughs> well, this has been great. It's been wonderful, Chantel. I know I said that was the last question. In closing, I want you to do two things for us today. Okay. One, I want you to tell us how we can uh, stay in contact with you. How can I, and also, you're brilliant. I've enjoyed oh, this discussion. Thank you. Thank and you. I wonder if there's one thing that you would say to the younger Chantel to get her where you are today? Oh, wow. What, what a question. That's the hardest question. Yeah. What would I um, get out of my own? I, I was always in my own, my own personal hell, so to speak, because I was kind of tearing down myself and criticizing myself and saying, oh, you can't do that. Um, one of the things when I got into this business, um, I saw a therapist myself for uh, three years, and it, it truly changed my life. And so, um, seek help, get out of your own head, and above all, don't take yourself too seriously. Love, love the answers, yeah. love the answer. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, and again, you are, you have joined us the Chick in Charge podcast. Thank we you for having me. We love the, uh, the information you've shared here today, and we love our listening audience oh, as Mary, well. Yes. She never said how she how people can reach her. Oh, yeah. Tell oh, us. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I actually no, forgot no, about I forgot, too. I'm like, wait. <laughs> well, you can go to my website at ChantelCohen.com, and Chantel's with a C. Um, you can also join me for my Facebook Live uh, every Thursday at 2.30. Feel free to also go to my YouTube channel as well. Um, I, I love to engage with an audience. And on my website, feel free to look at my blogs. There's over 40 blogs there. Um, I try to produce a lot of content to help my clients. Um, and I'm Chantel Cohen, and I help you become one again. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Chantel. This was great. And we didn't touch the surface here. No. We didn't touch it. So, uh, but thank you so much, listening audience. We've enjoyed speaking with you this morning. And we hope that you will continue to have a wonderfully blessed day. We're not gone. Just leaving for a moment. So stay tuned. We'll be back.
Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.